hey guys, tonight, let's have an informal chit-chat. I'm going to tell some really cool ghost stories, and you can ask me any question that you want. I'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how's it going? Happy Monday. It's uh, United States in some places. This is a, a third day off for everybody for the weekend. This is like day number three. It feels like day number three and now I'll be thrown off the rest of the week trying to remember what day it is. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of this uh, paranormal investigation team called California Haunts. And we are based out of Northern California in Sacramento. And uh, we have 45 people up and down the state that can help you if you think you might have a paranormal need. And in that case, and what makes it kind of fun in that case, well, you know, California is this huge state. People don't realize how large California really is. And, you know, when they think of us, they think of us. Hi, Michelle, how's it going? Uh, when they, when people think of us, they think of us as like kind of like Hawaii with surfers and all that. Well, it is like that. It, it really is like that. But there's other, also other parts of the state where there's farmland and all that and mountains and deserts and things. And there's a lot of rural areas. So it might take us a couple days to get to you, to help you. And in that case, we do have psychics on staff who can um, give you a call and talk to you about what may or may not be going on and calm things down until we can get out there. And it usually doesn't take us more than one or two days to get out there to help you out. Okay, that being said, if you're watching from Facebook today, and a lot of you are, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. Uh, because what that does is that helps us, you know, and it helps you find us right away. And we're looking at, we're always looking for followers to build up with. Also, if you are watching from Facebook and you like what you see, get those thumbs up, those hearts and those happy faces and, um, join us in the chat room because what that, you know, another, another thing, what that does, I keep saying what that does, but what it does is it, uh, hits the right buttons in the computer for Facebook and it kind of moves us out in the FYP. So other people. Get to see us. Get to see the show. Same thing. It's the same way that YouTube, that YouTube works. You know, if you've uh, haven't done so already, subscribe to our YouTube page and hello everybody. Subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, <laughs> and uh, you threw me off, Michelle. <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube page and check out our videos. We've got over 800 shows over there that we've done. Um, this is our fourth season doing the show in this particular format. I did uh, blog talk radio for six years six or seven years before switching to this format so yeah we have all kinds of videos over there some of them are in categories some aren't yet because like i said there's so many over there and you know you're able to go through and look for stuff like you know like nancy mass if you're a big fan of nancy mass she's got her own folder over there if you're into cryptids there's a folder for that there's a you know there's a folder for ufos and abductions and all kinds of things you can think of tonight's kind of a different format because um 
you know, it's uh, you know, you guys know I've been sick. So when I got when I get sick, I get behind on bookings because I can't, you know, obviously be sitting here because I'm so sick. And especially with my eyes being like they are, it's hard for me to see the screen. But um, I decided to go live tonight so we can uh, talk about stuff because there's a lot of stuff upcoming with this team that, that's going to be happening and stuff that we're going to be doing for this year because um, our numbers were going up so well. You guys have brought our numbers up so well that, that you know, it's, it's given me incentive to really get out that gate jumping and, and moving around. And I kind of got set back when I got sick. So uh, now that things are starting to settle down and it looks like I'll be able to wear my contacts again uh, by the latest Thursday, hopefully the earliest Wednesday, things are going to start popping again. You know, we're going to start having guests on every night. I'm going to, you know, I, I got plans to do lives. We're going to go out lives at some different events. In fact, I had, I had arrangements made with the uh, dinosaur show. I figured what that's called. Those dinosaurs that go from town to town. I had arrangements to go out there and do a live the last weekend and didn't feel well. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be doing things like that. And there's, there's different places, different museums here in town that I could take you guys. We've got a really great zoo out here. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So as events come into town, I'm going to try and take you guys out live to a lot of that stuff. And we're going to do some lives. Just like last year when I went to Disneyland, I did a few lives out of Disneyland. So we're going to be doing some lives locally here. I might, and we might even travel up the foothills and, and do stuff as well. The other thing we're going to be doing is uh, ghost tours. So I'm going to start up the ghost tours again. I know one of my uh, other group or one, one of the other groups that I know is currently conducting ghost tours up in the gold country. And I don't want to take away from what they're doing, but uh, this has been, ours has been, you know, the, the, this version of ghost tours has been in the works for a while. Like I said, you know, I wanted it, this year was going to be the year that we start getting started with that stuff again. So uh, maybe every other month I'm going to offer a ghost tour where you guys can come on, you know, you guys that are, around locally like down in Sacramento and the Bay Area and those areas can join us. Oh boy, what? Something just touched my leg and there's nothing here. Aha. I'm being visited. Um where you guys can join us on some ghost tours and uh the the, the, the it's an official investigation and it's just something we do at maybe old hotel because there's a lot of ghosts. We're gonna talk about some of those ghosts up in the gold country up here by you know uh, like 40, 50 miles from where I live. We can talk about some of those tonight and uh, maybe get you guys excited for this stuff. I have one that I want to do in March. I don't know when uh, exactly or where we're going in March, but I'm going to get that arranged. February, Nancy Mass is going to come on in and uh, she's going to be offering some readings for Valentine's. How's that grab you? So if you want to find out what's going to happen with your love life or your, your marriage or whatever, uh, Nancy Mass is going to be doing that. And so I'm going to have some dates set up for that in February. Also, uh, earlier in February, it's probably going to be pretty close together. I'm going to do some haunted history, kind of like what I'm doing tonight. Uh, I'll go into more detail about these different you know, places up in Foothills and the Bay Area and talk about the ghosts that inhabit them and what the history is behind them. So I'm going to be doing a presentation like that, uh, you know, via StreamYard. And uh, you guys are invited to come, you know, and all we're doing is uh, just trying to raise money to support the team and keep the bills paid, keep the lights on and all that good stuff. So that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I, like I said, I got, I was set back with being ill and everything, and I'm really glad to be back and feeling good. And I wanted to have a sit down with you guys and let you guys know exactly where we're at with the team. We've recruited a bunch of new team members and I'm going to be doing training with them as well. So you'll get to meet some team members. In fact, we're going to be working on a much needed documentary on my team. And I have my, of course, you guys know about my studio way over there, my big studio. 
And we're going to be bringing the team members in there to film so you can get to know them. So we're going to, I'm going to literally interview them with the, like three or four or five questions. And then we'll, we'll play these things on, you know, on here, you know, for the, for the, for the people that okay being on here, I'm not going to force anybody to, uh, you know, be on Facebook or anything if they don't want to be. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't do that stuff. So you know, if they, if they feel comfortable, then that's fine. If not, that's fine too. But it's a chance for you get to get to know our team members. And so I'm going to, I'm starting to prep that. And then I will, I have every intention of doing documentaries about the old hotels up in the California gold country. So I'm real excited about that. And uh, I think my, and my existing team members, the older people like Jerry and Marisa, and I see, I see Marisa in the chat room are real excited about doing that, especially the ghost tours, you know, to take you guys on ghost tours. So it'll be fun. And uh, the ghost tours also include you using our equipment. So you get to use some of our high-tech equipment and learn how to use it. And be a ghost hunter for a night, right? Be a ghost hunter for four or five hours. So uh, that's one of the things that is upcoming. And um, I made a list. You know, this is the first year I have sat down really with this team, you know, as far as the show goes. And made a list of things that I want to accomplish this year. And um, hopefully all that will happen. You know, I'm making a list. I can check stuff off. I am going to be trying to enroll in film school and uh, take uh, social media courses and and uh, podcast courses and things like that because I want to improve what I do for you guys a lot. So the idea is to learn from them. I, I'm a journalist. I was uh, I, I went to community college, never graduated community college. However, it's like I have a master's in journalism because I ended up work, going to work right away, right out of college. I was the editor-in-chief at the college. I was the sports editor twice. I was the managing editor twice. I was the ad manager when I was in college, so I have a lot of experience. And I ended up working at uh, a smaller paper for about a year, and then I transferred to another paper in a city called Woodland, where I became the city editor, where I literally became the equivalent of a city editor. I was the assistant editor, but I was the equivalent of a city editor out there. And uh, so I did that, and then I ended up taking a little break, and then I went up to Placerville and worked at that paper as, you know, and did and, and had some real nice beats over, you know, up there. And so I've got a lot of experience as a journalist, as, especially a photojournalist. I, you know, I took photography and all that stuff. So I, I brand myself uh, being a photojournalist, too, as well. So I'm a photographer. So, you know, that's what I do. It's in my blood. That's why you'll see different things on this show. Like tomorrow night's show, I can tell you already, this uh, nice woman named Sabrina is going to come on. And as you guys know from the past, I have done shows on um, the opioid crisis because I'm going through that right now. And so many other people are going through that. So Sabrina is going to come on tomorrow night. And we're going to be talking about part of that and how the numbers of opioids uh, prescriptions have gone down like 44%, yet the overdoses are so high. So we're going to be talking about stuff like that because I like to cover regular news items. So um, I hope you guys are interested in that. So that's that's going to be a live guest tomorrow night. And again, um, it's going to take me, you know, after being sick like I was, it's going to take me about a week to get the flow going back as far as having enough guests on here, you know, to, to keep going. So just bear with me, you know, like tomorrow night will be a live guest. I may be able to get someone for Wednesday. I don't know yet, but you know, um, you know, I'm working through it. I'm working through it. You know, so on those nights that I don't have a live guest, I might uh, show a best of, or I might just read, you know, from, from one of the books. So it just depends on how things go. But hopefully, you know, as, as the bookies come in, they'll start stacking up and they usually do that. 
because like I said, when I went to Disneyland last year, I was out seven days and I had some pre-recorded stuff and some best ofs that I showed. And then it took me about a week and a half to get everything back on track. So just bear with me on this and uh, we'll get things rolling. We'll get things rolling. So what I want to talk about tonight, hang on, let me uh, let me blow this up so I can see it. I'm blind as a bat with my glasses. So we're just going to go with it. What was that noise? Did you hear that? That wasn't me. That wasn't me, I swear. Um, lots going on. And I'm watching, you know what's funny is our, our RSS feed. Here we go. Okay. Our RSS feed, and I'm going to make the announcement tonight. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, put a hex on it or anything like that. But our RSS feed this month is incredible. I'm not going to give out numbers, but it is so incredible that I'm just watching the numbers rise. And I'm really excited about that. And I hope it's going to be a permanent thing. You know, it's like the show just took off suddenly. So I'm really excited about that. And that's, that's giving me the incentive too, because I know there's months, you know, and this, this happens to, Okay. <laughs> probably an EVP. <laughs> probably whatever. You're not typing. Don't worry about it, Michelle. It's fun to see you. That's what tonight's about. You guys can ask me anything you want. We can talk back and forth. So I've I've, I've really enlarged the uh, chat room here so I can see your comments. So you can ask me anything you want about ghost hunting or anything about me. I'm real open to everything. Okay. So it's good. It's, what you're doing is perfect. You know, what you're doing is perfect. Um, yeah, so the RSS numbers. So they've gone up. I, I don't want to jinx it, right? I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to see when, you know, where we're at with them. But that's what keeps me going. In fact, you know, there's months where it was getting to the point where our numbers weren't moving around or going anywhere at all. And then you, you get really down. But that's just the way podcasting is. You're either going to do really well with it or it's going to take a lot of time to gain, you know, people. And, you know, YouTube is a slow growth thing and Facebook was pretty, was a lot faster and the RSS just suddenly just exploded. So I, I hope it stays that way or, you know, if it does, I should be getting, starting to get advertisers and stuff and start, you know, monetizing and all that stuff. And that's what everybody wants to do is get, is get the ball rolling, you know, and all that. So I'm real excited about all that. But uh, I wanted to let everybody know what was going on. I was real frustrated because, you know, I had gotten sick like I did. And I just wanted to just jump, you know, jump through those hoops and get things going and start rocking. We're also going to be doing stuff in the other studio. You know, like I said, I got some really cool stuff for Christmas that we're going to build. I have, and I'm a big kid. Okay. I'm a big kid. So I have a thing for Legos. I have a thing for like the light bright. My, my niece got me this light bright. That's really cool. So we're going to be doing stuff with the light bright. You know, we're going to be doing things like that and uh, testing out some different items. You know, um, I love to cook. And I love to do some really cool stuff. So we're going to do stuff with, with gummies. We're going to, you know, we're going to try a bunch of stuff and we're going to have a, an eclectic kind of thing. The other thing I got for Christmas, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but my brother-in-law got me a fishing license. I love to fish. My friends who know me know I love to fish. So we're going to be going out fishing as well. I'll take you guys with me fishing. So we're going to be doing a lot this year. I'm just really so stoked about it. I'm glad to be feeling good now. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about some ghosts, huh? some ghosties. And, you know, I've, there's a lot of time. Do you ever have spiritual activity while doing your podcast? Yes, I do, Pamela. Yes, I do. I did a podcast with a particular guest from the Conjuring House. And I had her on. I'm just reading this. Cool. I see Michelle, too. 
wonderful. Good energy is a good thing. Uh, when did I start ghost hunting? When did I know you were an empath? I knew I was an empath. Mr. Pamela, I'll get back to you in one second. Um, I knew I was an empath when I was a kid. Uh, I used to see things in my house all the time. It started out as shadow beings. I would always see dark shadow beings um, outside my windows, inside my house. I had bunk beds. I must have been, couldn't have been more than four or five. I had a set of bunk beds, and I remember laying there at night. They always put a nightlight on for me, always. I didn't like to sleep in the dark. And I remember having, it looked like two hands were trying to reach down to tap me on the head. I remember looking out at one time, and I saw someone coming out of the wall. So this started when I was a kid, and my family um, trumped it up to uh, vivid imagination. I always had an imaginary friend. I was one of those kids. And then as I got older, into my teen years, it's because, you know, we all get busy with our lives. And as I got older in my teen years, that's, uh, I kind of put it back. It's always there. You know, it's, it's always in the back of your head and in the back of your mind. And um, so it was kind of put back. And I remember I was a, kind of like a latchkey kid because my mom and dad worked. So I would come home from school and I'd always fix myself something to eat, you know, and that kind of thing. And the way my house is designed, we have a breakfast, I guess they call it, a bre I don't know, breakfast nook or what you want to call it. Dad called it a bar. I called it a breakfast nook. And I could I, I could gay, gay look into my living room from this breakfast nook. And I remember sitting there and I just the first time I saw an apparition, but it looked like a ghost like you see in t on TV with a sheet. And it flew across from my, my the center divider into my fireplace. And then a few years back, it flew back the other way. So then, you know, as I got older, things settled down. But then once I started, it was weird because I went to work, you know, I started working and I noticed after what my uncle died, when my uncles died, that there was activity in the house, you know, that, that the TV would turn on and off. And I, I was working nights and I would come home at like, five in the morning and I would be sitting trying to wind down and my TVs would be on or they'd be turning on and off by themselves. The lights would be turning on and off. And like the bar always had squeaky bar stools and with nobody in there, I could sit in my den watching TV and I could hear the bar stools moving like somebody was sitting on them. So then I started getting more into this and then I got the bright idea that I wanted to go to a haunted building and film. And I did. And that started it all. That really said the switch, it's like a switch fired. And I started to see it more and more. We went on, the, my friend and I, which my, one of my producers and I went on the Queen Mary and we were on the tour and I felt, I felt something run through me. <laughs> Maybe they wanted a martini. You never know. You never know. So that's how it started. And then the more I worked with paranormal teams, because I was on another paranormal team doing filming and stuff for my show, California Haunts was a TV show at one time that aired on public access. And uh, the more I got around them, the more I opened up. And so I started to see full body apparitions and I could hear them in my head and all that stuff. So here we are, Here, here's what I do, right? I've been doing uh, ghost hunting for 18 years with my own team. So I've been doing this for quite a while. Pamela, your question. Okay, let me get back up here. Here we go. Did you have spiritual activity while doing your podcast? Yes, getting back to that. I interviewed, and I can't remember the name. I'm so sorry. I have so many people on the air. But uh, the, the woman who lived in the Conjuring House, grew up in the Conjuring House. And the night before the interview, because I have a porch light, 
that that comes on. The porch light came on and the switch wasn't turned up to turn it on. And I thought, that's just really weird. So I was fidgeting with it and stuff and it kept turning on by itself. And I didn't think about it because, again, you know, there, there has been activity at my house since I can remember. Whether it's my mother here, my father, especially after my mother passed away, and my father and all this. And so, you know, they're here with me. My brother's here with me. The family sticks with me for some reason. But that was weird. I can always tell when it's not somebody who belongs here in the house because it, because they act different. They act different. And um, this one was acting different because nobody in my family would do that. You know, my uncle is a big tease, so he's playing tricks on my dogs, but I'm in me. And beyond that, yeah, you know, I can tell when someone's not supposed to be here. And so I got on the air the next day to do the show, and I was interviewing her, and I felt like someone had grabbed the top of my head and was squeezing the top of my head during the show. And it was a definite squeeze. I mean, it was real pain. It was painful. And then eventually they lit up. But yes, I have had the stuff happened during the show. So I have to have protection stuff in here and ways to ground myself, you know, when I am doing these shows, because I mean, as you know, I'm dealing with everything. I'm talking to exorcists. I'm talking to all this other stuff. Yeah. And does it bring stuff in? It probably does. You know, I brought stuff home with me from ghost hunting where I, again, I know they don't belong here. I've, I've gotten home from ghost hunts and laid down on the couch to take, to take a nap. And I felt, I felt beings on top of me and I've had to shove them off. Or the front of my air conditioner gets gets ripped off and thrown across the room, you know things like that. Or objects that will, will fly off the the shelves, and I know it's not my family members that are here, so I have to, you know, open all my windows and kick them out of my house. <laughs> it's kind of funny when it happens because my neighbors, my old neighbors, I have new neighbors now, but my neighbors knew when I brought things home because I would open all my windows to the house and the doors, and I would yell at these things to get out of my house you know, to kick them out. All right, let me push down here. I love comments. No problem. Um, absolutely, yeah, my dog and everything I have, Yoda, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I have, I do have uh, metals that I put around the dog's necks to protect them, well, you know, for, for when I'm out, because I don't know what, we're going to be facing when, when we do go out to investigations. Okay. Uh, getting into like talking about, you know, guys keep, keep asking questions, keep firing questions, you know, just keep rolling. Cause I'll, I'll chit chat. I'll chit chat. Um, let's talk about some ghosts up in the ghost, up in the gold country. And, um, all right. Everything. Let's talk about some ghosts up in the gold country. You know, almost every place in the gold country is active. Uh, they've had civil war. If I can give you a little background history about the gold country up here. Everybody knows about Coloma, right? Everybody knows about Coloma and the gold discovery. They've got a site dedicated. <laughs> that was, yes, thank you, Michelle. That was from my one of my producers. Um, everybody knows about the gold country, about, you know, the gold discovery in Coloma. And uh, that started it all, you know, bringing settlers across and all this. And, of course, the Donner Party. You know, people know about the Donner Party. That's what my gold country is. It's the Donner Party. It's, it's the gold discovery sites. It's all that. And, you know, with that comes a rich history. And there's bound to be, you know, ghosts up there. And there's almost every place up there, almost. I'm not saying all of them because I don't want to get <clears throat> yelled at by anybody. 
but almost every place up there, there is a haunting. There's, there's a ghost somewhere up there, you know, from you know, like driving on the side of the road, you know, so, like this one particular road, driving the side of this one particular road. And, and there's a ghost of a miner that, that stands on the side of this road that people have seen, you know, things like that. Um, there's the old, there's a story that's far, that's fairly famous about the, the woman. And I hope I get the facts right. I don't know if it was I-80 um, I or it was 50 because both go into the mountains. One goes to Lake Tahoe and one goes to Reno. And she had driven off the side of the road with her baby in the car. And she, people were seeing her. They, they were driving by because she had gone into a place where she couldn't be seen from, the, from just from the side of the road. So as people were driving by, there was a woman standing naked. I think, I don't know if she was naked or half clothed or what, but she was standing by the side of the road, waving cars down. And when they went to, and, and when the police finally responded, you know, people got out, saw the car down at the ravine. When police finally responded, they found her dead in the car. But they also found her, her baby in the car next to her, and the baby was alive. So she had saved her baby, and she, and her and her ghost had walked up the, the steep cliff and flagged down the, the, the police for help. And it's one of the most famous stories. In fact, I think it's been done on one of the TV shows. Uh, the most haunted town I've ever experienced. That's a toughie. Murphy's uh, up there, Placerville. I mean, up and down Main Street on Placerville. Um, almost every building has a ghost. Um, Murphy's is another one. Um, almost every building has a ghost up in Murphy's. There's another town. Oh, my God. Where the Hotel Jeffrey is. And I'm trying to remember the name of the town up there. And not only is the Hotel Jeffrey haunted, but the hotel across the way is haunted as well. So you run into that. I mean, you run into a lot of places up there. In Placerville, I can tell you, they that has to be the, one of the busiest towns for paranormal activity there is. And I remember my first day going to work there. And I did not ground myself because I didn't think I needed to. And just running to my first appointment as a reporter, I took what they call a psychic hit. I had somebody go through me. And, you know, I should have grounded myself. So that exhausted me for a couple of days. Those things exhaust you. Um, I know there's so many stories like that, Michelle. So many stories. Absolutely. I used to be, you know, as far as being an empath as well, you know, when I was, when I was filming for my team and we would have investigations at different buildings, the people, the, the ghosts in those particular investigations would show up before I went out there. Like I remember having lunch in Placerville and I forget where we were headed, you know, for that weekend. But this, this, this Asian gentleman walked, you know, dressed in old timey clothes, walked, walked from one building or one wall to the other right in front of me. And then it turns out he was the particular haunting in this one building. That's one place we were going, you know? So like I said, Placerville is an interesting place because you can go up and down main street and talk, with the store owners on Main Street, and they'll tell you stories. In fact, we've investigated probably five or six stores, businesses rather, out there, and you know, had got some really good evidence out there. I have one where we were in the back of what used to be an ice cream shop, and the scale that they had, electronic scale, was unplugged and it turned on by itself. And not only that, from what I understand, there was a there was a saloon back there. And I also picked up the sound of what sounded like a, uh, 
a shot glass being turned upside down and slamming down on the wooden surface of the bar. So we picked up that, and I had a photographer there with me from the newspaper. That was for a newspaper run that we did that investigation. So, I mean, we've gotten a lot of good evidence out there, a lot of good evidence. You can you smell phantom smoke out there, like, like cigar smoke, you know, and, and you pick up all that stuff, and there's a lot of stories, especially, I don't know what that ice cream shop is now because they closed, but that ice cream shop, the door would open by itself, and you could hear the chimes go off. You know, and stuff would happen in the kitchen, you know, the, you know, the, pre the preparation area, all kinds of stuff out there. Um, I, the, I did that uh, interview with Amy Bruni a while back about the Carey House Hotel, and that's always been really active. You know, there's a phantom cat in there. There's all kinds of characters. There's a gentleman who uh, I think was a manager out there. He keeps an eye on things. Plus, you got the, of course, there's a saloon down the street. Um, there's a bookstore in Placerville that's really active. And that was interesting because a lot of the reports of people going in there um, are that they'll get in there early in the morning, open the door, and they can hear women talking in there in, in, in the clinking sound of, like, uh, glasses clinking. And it turns out it was a tea house back in the 1800s. So they're picking up on that, you know, those noises when they walk in there. And, of course, when they walk in, the noises stop, right, when they get in there. So that goes on in there. Uh, the, books fly, the, the books fly off the walls. All kinds of things, you know, power and everything. And it's amazing what goes on in, in, in Placerville. Um, the, uh, there's two spots where there's hanging trees, and a lot of people don't know that. There's the original hanging tree that was there, and uh, we investigated that building was a bar. And it's no longer there. I, I think it's there. I just don't think it's open to the public anymore. I haven't been out there in a while. But the original, the roots to the original tree are under the ground in this bar you know, below the bar. And there's an upstairs area where people were living at one time. And so we went ahead, went upstairs. And it was interesting because Karen Clark was with us. And uh, when I got up there, I felt these breezes up there. And the windows were, were solid. The windows were solid. And we could smell cigar smoke. And as we sat up there, these breezes kept going like, you could feel them going back and forth like this. And when Karen came in, she said, oh, my gosh, there's a man pacing. He's pacing back and forth. He's upset. He's frustrated. And there's a woman in the bathtub back there in that bathroom. And I guess they had that, that, that I guess they had this huge fight and it was imprinted. And we actually picked up EVP of them arguing back and forth. You could hear her arguing with him and him arguing with her. The other thing that was interesting with that is you had to go because, of course, there were stairs there. So you, when you left the door to go out. And you got on where, you know, where the stairs, um, what do they call it? The top of the stairs, the, the landing, the top landing of the stairs. You felt like you were going to fall over, like, like it was swaying up there. And what we figured out, we got down and figured out where the uh, roots to that hanging tree were. And if you looked at it, the trunk came straight up through the bottom of that area. And so that would have been, you know, to that room. And that would have been pretty much where a branch was. So maybe that was the hanging branch. We don't know, but you would, but you would get up there and you sway, you lose your balance up there. So it's kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Um, that place has since closed, but there's also another building there, and it's, it's the Chamber of Commerce building on Main Street, where there was a second hanging tree, and a lot of people don't realize that. And so you can go in there and investigate as well. And it's interesting because they hear the voice of a woman, of, of somebody singing, like an opera singer up there. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we have, we've had communication with her and picked her up on EVP as well when, when we've been in there. And uh, it's, it's a fascinating place to go. It's a fascinating place to go. You know, we had to, a lot of to, uh, real heavy temperature changes, you know, during the investigation in there. Uh, there's a vortex in there. You know, my favorite trick of the vortex is to go stand in the middle of it and put close my eyes and uh, put my arm out. You know, put both my arms out to see if I can stand up straight. No, you can't do it. You start wobbling back and forth. You just, there's no way. That's when you, that's when I've hit a vortex. Yeah, like the mystery spot. Absolutely. And yeah, so there's a vortex in that building. And sometimes they see somebody peering out the top windows of that place. You know, because maybe at one time it was a two-story building. I don't know. But the reports are when people drive by that place, they can see someone staring out the top window. But where the main window is, they have it, you know, it's all open. It's like one of those open things where the light comes into the top windows. And then, you know, you've got the rest of the building down there. And that's where they, they say the hanging tree was, you know, where, where the bodies would hang from. The other thing that's interesting is the hangman. The hangman still walks the streets of Placerville. They see him all the time. Willie. Willie is his nickname. And I remember I took one of my friends, Autumn, with me to an investigation for the newspaper to the bookstore. And when I opened the door, and she had no idea what the history you know, of, of the building was. And the first thing she told me, she says, who's Willie? So she picked up on Willie right away. Okay, so... You know, he's around, and I actually saw him, because um, I used to get off around 5, but of course, you know, meetings go on late into the night. You know, they start after you're off work all the time, so I had about an hour off, so I went and grabbed some dinner, and I was parked, because this, this was a particular, um, I think it was a self-defense class, so I went to the the um, the place where they teach this class, and they had had big, these big windows, and so I parked, and I'm sitting there eating my, my dinner. And I happened to look at my, I happened to look at the glass and there was the hangman walking behind my vehicle. And he was dressed with, you know, he, he was dressed like the Grim Reaper, you know how they dress with the Grim Reaper and all that. And I could clearly see him walking behind my car. I turned around and he was gone, but I clearly saw him walking around my car towards the back of the courthouse. So, <laughs> so, you know, you can see these, these things there. I mean, Placerville is a, very, very interesting place, you know, in the history there. And people are really open. If you go in there and ask, if you go into different stores and ask them about their ghosts, they're they're very open about talking about their ghosts there, you know. And like I said, every almost every building is active there. Murphy's Murphy's is another one. Murphy's is one of our favorite places to ghost hunt. That's got to be a major, major happening place for ghosts, especially the hotel. The hotel in Murphy's is an incredible place. We've got, I can't wait to get our website back up. I'm reading. <laughs> All right, Michelle, that's cool. That's cool. I understand. I understand. Hope I didn't bore you too much. Um, the Murphy's Hotel is one of our other favorite places to go ghost hunting. Yes, yes. Love Murphy's. We're going to be doing, in fact, we're going to be doing part of our documentary there. Uh, the Murphy's Hotel uh, was one of these hotels that was there. And it, it did burn. There's a lot of places that, you know, burned. A lot of these towns burned down. A lot of them. Like up in Woodland, too. You know, the 
you got the woman opera house that burned down um with the murphy's hotel it did burn down but they rebuilt it and the activity started up i mean there's in with the murphy's hotel it's an interesting place because when you go upstairs because there's an old part to it and then they have a new part of the hotel where you could stay you know in newer hotel rooms and then there's the upstairs where the rooms are a little more expensive to stay in because they're the historical rooms and um go for it have fun ah uh, go for it michelle have fun um and when you go in there you can feel the history in there there's just no way to not feel the history and there's a few ghosts in there and um <laughs> the kitchen has a reputation uh the of of uh the, the cook the the ethereal cook getting angry and throwing pots at people in fact when every time i go in there they keep a list not just for me of course but for other teams and everything and people that are interested they keep a list of the paranormal activity that goes on in that place. So when I go in there, there's like stuff written on toilet paper and paper towels and all this. And I get this box of stuff to read. Um, there's one particular ghost that is, of course, there's, there's always a couple that are trying to find their lost loved ones that went, you know, into the mines or, or went to war or whatever. And they're, and they're pining for them. And there's one particular woman who pines and uh, they've seen her in the main dining room at the Murphy's Hotel looking out the window. She'll be standing there at the window peering out as if she's waiting for somebody. Uh, that The last time we were there, it was a couple of years ago before COVID. And uh, I had walked in there and just, it was within like two or three days of a sighting of her. There's also the one they call Eleanor, who was a maid and she was like the head maid at the hotel. And she still likes to be the head maid at the hotel. And so she likes to stay in control of things. And there's, a, there's one story where... These two guys came in because at night, you know, there's there's uh, a night manager there, but sometimes he doesn't get in until later on in the evening because he's got a, another job. And so they, I don't know if they broke in or they were able to get through the door because it was still open because they want to leave it open for people to go back and forth. I mean, it's a small town, right? Who's going to do anything? And they went. These these two men went upstairs, and when the night manager arrived. He saw them running down the stairs and they were white as sheets. And they told him why, because a, a, a female ghost had chased them down the stairs. And uh, so she, she protects the hotel. She protects it. Do you pick up any activity when there is background noise happening? Yes, absolutely. 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 You can do that. That's not a problem. In fact, that's a good topic to bring up. A lot of the times, unless you go during the week, like with Murphy's, unless you go during the week to investigate when there's no one there, you're investigating on the weekends. So when you're upstairs at Murphy's, the saloon is downstairs. So you've got a lot of uh, noises coming from the bar. Sometimes you've even got karaoke's going on down there. After a while, when you do these things, you get tra you, 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 your, your ear gets trained to be able to tell what is paranormal and what's not. It's just like with audio, you know. Um, when you're getting EVPs and stuff, you, you you learn to work around it. And then you stay real late in the night, of course, till things calm down. But you get to the point where it doesn't matter. In fact, the more activity that's happening downstairs, the more activity is going to happen upstairs with the ghosts. They like activity. Like when you go and investigate a old, you know, hotel, I'm sorry, an old theater that's haunted. You want to pick days where there's been one or two performances in that theater because that energy is still there from the performance. And the ghosts like that, they feed off of it. So yes, to answer your question is yes. Um, the Iona Hotel is one that we've done. 
and we've been up over the saloon and there's one particular room where if you sit in there and you try to do EVP sessions, you can smell whiskey while you're sitting up in this room. And it's right above, you know, you could argue that it's right above the saloon area, but there's no way that that smell is going to permeate up through, right, to, to the walls and stuff. So you do smell whiskey in that particular room. So, yeah, you do. And you can differentiate, like I said, the sounds. What I've done over the years is I'm using Adobe, you know, sound editing. And I have taken samples of a lot of the sounds of these bars and a lot of different voice sample, you know, samples. And so I can do a compare and contrast with sounds to see what, you know, what's human made and what's not human made, you know, during these investigations. And you can pretty much tell, you'd be surprised how much a wash machine, a clothes washing machine can sound like a human voice when it's running. So I have samples of all that stuff that I compare to. I also take double samples of my team members' voices in a normal voice and in a whisper so that I can do a compare and contrast to make sure I'm not picking up them. But yeah, I mean, we've done so many busy places with karaoke people and still gotten good evidence, still pulled that evidence. And that's because it's all about energy. Remember last Friday, Nancy talked about that energy that you have in your body. And when you die, you have that energy. And it's all about that energy. That's why we use EMF meters. We're picking up on that energy of, of the deceased because they've still got that energy. So you're able to do it. And, you know, and, uh, it, it, it gets to be a challenge, but you get really good at it. If you do enough of them, you know, where there's a lot of people running around, you, you get fairly good at it. You're fairly good at, at picking and choosing at it. Um, again, with Murphy's now, there's a room 19 where there is a minor that died of cholera or pneumonia. And he is, he is in that room. And if you go in there, you can actually feel him on the bed. He will talk to you via EVP. He'll move the drapes if you ask him to. Um, and he'll, 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 he'll knock and make noises. Now, <clears throat> there was a rumor with that room in particular that the water faucet would come on by itself. And they, everybody, you know, the rumors were, you know, the guests would report all that. We ended up debunking it. Uh, we used to do conferences at Murphy's every, almost every other year we were at Murphy's doing our yearly conference. And uh, we happened to be there in the room, you know, right next to it. And about like three in the morning, the pipes all started making noises and the noises sounded like running water. So we were able to debunk that after all those years to say, Hey, it's not this minor guy turning the water on. It is, it is the pipes in the building, you know, to debunk. Um, the room right next to where this miner is, again, we were staying in there, <clears throat> that rumor of that rumor, God, that room is said to be haunted by a woman, again, who is waiting for her lover, and she will stand at the mirror and cry. Now, we did not pick up a crying woman, but we had other things happen as well. On the same floor, they have their extra banquet facilities, and uh, one, of course, is called the Mark Twain Ballroom. Why? Because Mark Twain stayed at this hotel. And I want to tell you something. When you go into this hotel, what's interesting? You look on the doors, and they put the names of the people that have stayed there. You know, the notable names of the people that have stayed there over the years. Well, guess what? If you look at some of these names, a big majority of them were on the Titanic. Okay? They match up with the people that were on the Titanic. And it's kind of cool when you realize that. You know? Um, but uh, going into the Mark Twain ballroom, there's a lot of reports of of the drapes because they have these real big windows and they got those, you know, the old style drapes, like gone with the wind drapes, you know, that they tie off. And, and there's reports that the staff has gone in there and um, opened the drapes only they come back an hour later and all the drapes are shut. 
or they'll put silverware and they'll put dishes down on the tables and all the dishes and everything are moved. Things like that go on in there. So we go in there, it's like two in the morning to do an EVP session. And Karen is with us. And I actually have this, I got to get our website back going. I had to change websites, locations. And so it was taking me a lot of time. We had a huge website, one of the biggest websites. And so I'm having, you know, I'm having issues trying to get this website back up because it's so big. And uh, during this EVP session, we were in there with another uh, paranormal team. And we were doing like a seance thing around the table. And uh, Karen got a really cool EVP because there was this one particular, because in this room, let me put it this way. In this room during the Civil War is where the army would stay. And so they had bunks in there. So a lot of guys would sleep in, sleep in this particular ballroom. And uh, so Karen had always been in communication with this uh, ghost named John. And it was the weirdest thing because we were doing our EVP session. And when we went back over the evidence, a few things happened. One thing that happened was that we were asking questions about, you know, the, from because are you from the military? Are you a minor? Are you doing this? Can you tell us? And at one point we asked, can you hit, because we have these glasses in front of us, can you hit one of the glasses? And you can clearly hear a ping on one of the glasses, which was pretty cool. And we all heard it. And we all heard it audibly. But the other thing that happened, you know, besides the few, EV, the few EVPs that we got, and there was movement in the kitchen that we were tracing, you know, somebody was walking around the kitchen the whole time we were in there, was that Karen got this EVP of John, this, this guy John, supposedly John, talking to her and then the second evp she got he said i love you and the problem with that and it wasn't a problem really it scared me because it sounded like her husband just like her husband and i had her listen to it and she verified it and i, and I told her i said you know what that's kind of spooky you better call your husband to see if he's all right and he was but i mean it's spooky because it, it was definitely her husband michael's voice that we heard on that evp um, later on, I went in with my team in, a, in just a small little investigation, did the same thing uh, in that room. But what we did was that I had some motion detectors and I took and put them like about 50, like 30 feet away from the table that we were at because I had the idea that I could, well, I wanted to see the ghosts coming and going. You know, when, when they came to the table, the motion detector would light up and then when they left, they would light up. So I had these motion detectors around the table and I was filming you know, with an infrared camera. And, uh, and I do have the footage somewhere. And whether you guys believe this stuff or not, you know, uh, we had our, uh, we, we had Sharon Rowe with us, one of our psychics with us, our shaman. And Jose was with us, uh, one of my oldie time investigators. Hope he's listening. I mentioned you, Jose. And uh, there were a couple other people with us. And my mother was with us. My mother's always with us. And uh, we were sitting around this table and I'm watching Jose and these video cameras we use are older video cameras. They're, they're, they're Sony's, um, Sony uh, D740s, I think they are. Okay, DV740s or something. And what they do though, is I call them ghost detectors because if a ghost is present in front of them or behind them or whatever, they will blur up because it's a drain on the camera battery. Every time you can tell when there's a ghost. If I say, hey, it's blurring up, Karen or one of the other seconds will say, oh, yeah, there's somebody standing over there or there's somebody standing over there. So I've got the camera trained on Jose and Mark Twain was one of the guests at the hotel. 
and General Grant, President Grant, was one of the guests at the hotel. In fact, there's a suite upstairs that is named for him because that's the one he stayed in. Anyway, I'm watching Jose. They're doing the session, you know, asking questions and doing all this stuff. And suddenly Jose gets really blurry. And you could hear me on the video going, Jose, you're blurry. And he goes, yeah, I know it. I don't feel good. And at that point, I knew what had happened. And I said, somebody is inside of you. Somebody has walked inside your body. And at that point, Sharon says, oh, it's, it's, it's Grant. Grant is inside your body. And so I'm still filming. And to prove that it wasn't the camera malfunctioning, I move the camera off of him, the person next to him, and it clears up. And then I move it back, and it's still blurry on him. So then you hear him say, sir, you do not have permission to be inside my body. You do not have permission to do this. And right after he says that, boom, he clears up. So we had that experience there, you know, down in that ballroom. There have been so many things at the Murphy's Hotel that we have experienced. Um, Eleanor, you know, we go to stay there, and I guess she decided she didn't want us to stay in her room, room nine. And we couldn't open the door. I finally had to ask her nicely to let me in. And then the door opens. You know, things like that happen. Uh, like I said, the employees have countless reports of stuff that goes on that hotel. What excites me is that we have, again, we haven't been there in a while. And they've done some remodeling. So there's probably some, some ghosts in there that are not happy about the remodeling or may not be thrilled about it. So I can't wait to get down there. The other thing we did was there was this one particular room where the staff said that they went in to clean and they saw three guys playing poker on the bed. And the, the guys actually looked up at them, you know, as they opened the door to go clean. So we go in there and here I am. I've got my, my trigger items. So I've got the poker chips. I've got the cards, you know, and all that. And so we're sitting around this. And so it was myself, another investigator, and I left a spot open for the ghost. And so we started playing poker and we had a camera on the whole thing. And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm going to have all this stuff posted at some point this year. And uh, every time the ghost won a hand, the lights would blink in the room every time. So that was something we did. I'm really good for trigger items. I like to go in to see if I can get some, get something that, you know, to help us out to get evidence. And this was one of those deals where I went in and did that. And I'm good for having stuff like that. My father built um, wooden toys, wooden children's toys. And so when I go into a hotel that had that, you know, where a child's been reported, I use those children, I use those children toys for trigger items or perfume bottles. I'll go to the, I'll go to the Goodwills and I'll get like those crystal, you know, crystal type perfume bottle things. And that way I have them for, for, uh, you know, those old hotels. I've been known to sing. I've been known to sing Oh Susanna. And sing uh, songs from like the miners' times, drives my team crazy. But I've been known to do that just to just to stir, to, just to get attention, you know, in these old hotels. But again, Murphy's is is really an interesting place. Now down the street from where the hotel is, there's a a plumbing supply. I hope it's still there. And there's a lot of activity there. And I remember going in there and setting up my equipment. And Nancy Matz helped us with that one. And um, <clears throat> she looked that one. She had uh, she she felt multiple um, multiple layers because she saw the bodies in the streets laying piled up in the street at Murphy's the, from the cholera epidemic. So she was able to see that, and then there were layers of the miners partying and doing all this stuff. That was an interesting place. 
I mean, there's a lot of activity in that place. Um, there's an ice cream shop in town as well that has activity. I think I think we covered that shop. That was really cool. In fact, I got some really good EVPs of the miners, uh, you know, asking them, oh, were you a miner? And you hear them say, yes, I was, you know, things like that. So, I mean, that, that that's an interesting place. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a winery that's also haunted. So Murphy's is another place, you know, and, and you can go in and ask people in the different buildings, you know, do you have a ghost? Can you tell me about it? And they're really, they're really open. They're really open about it. Um, there's another town I own, and uh, that's, that's not too far from Murphy's. And if you guys have ever heard of Preston Castle, that's uh, that was the reform school for for boys. That's really active. In fact, they filmed some some of the newer Dracula movies. That has been Dracula's castle. But you can go you go in there on day tours, and sometimes they offer hundred dollars a piece night tours, so you can go ghost hunting in there. And uh, there are a lot of uh, you know bad things that happen, of course, because it's 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 a reformatory for for kids that have done illegal you know illegal stuff, a boys' prison essentially. And it's right next to to the actual prison, boy, prison for boys. That's what makes it so unique. And so uh, there was an older woman that worked there in the kitchen, and the boys killed her. And you know th that's the big story over there. She's buried here in Sacramento. What I found interesting with that was that I had never known what a pie rack was in my life. I never seen. I, I mean, I know what they are in my kitchen, but I never had seen one for like. A restaurant, you know, a big industrial pie rack. And I remember I, I was sitting in this chair and the, I was kind of like on a ghost tour with a friend of mine. And I was sitting in this chair and I'm seeing this thing and I thought, gee, I don't know what that is. It's kind of cool though, you know. And all of a sudden I could smell, I love blueberry. I love blueberry pies. And as I'm sitting there, all, the, all of a sudden I could smell blueberry pies. And I thought, why am I smelling that? And then somebody pointed out that that thing was a pie rack. Kind of cool, kind of cool. The other thing that's fun with that place is that um, we were picking up footsteps and stuff coming up behind me. I had set up the, the cameras and down the hall was the infirmary. And as I'm sitting there, I was sitting there alone. Everybody else takes off. I get stuck alone. I'm sitting there alone. And I could hear these footsteps coming up behind me. And I kept turning around. Well, I have this remote control vehicle. It's a toy, got it at Target, but it has infrared on it. So I sent this vehicle down the hall to see if anything was down there. Of course, it didn't pick up anything. However, for some of the rooms in there, some of them you can't really step in because the floors are really um, thin and weak. So I'll send my remote control car in there so I can give, give video and stuff. It's an interesting place, Preston is. And I know a lot of ghost hunters that have gone in there and gotten some picture of apparitions and stuff. And the poor woman, you know, because they say that they can see her walk around too as well. Um, back to Ion Hotel, that's another very active place. It's built over a well. There's a well in the bar area that you can actually sit down and eat over. And there's a lot of uh, story. you know, there's, there's, I don't know if I've heard stories about people being thrown down. But the hotel is so active that every room you go into practically, you can hear voice, you know, you, um, you know people not me, but you can hear voices. And I remember we were in this one room just having a chit-chat. You know, it gets late at night and you're tired. And so you start shooting the bull. And we were talking about somebody had gotten one of those adjustable beds and we were talking about different beds and the ghost chimed in. I've never had one of those, he says. I like this bed. And it was a class A EVP. 
so you get you know you experience stuff like that you know and that's the same like that's the same hotel i mentioned earlier that you know the one that the, the room that's over the saloon where you could actually smell whiskey up in that room and, and somebody smoking so i mean the gold country is a plethora of places i could sit here for two days and talk about all the old hotels and everything that are up there you know and the, and the ghosts that haunt these places just like the cemeteries up there but uh you know it'd be nice to sit down and do that maybe i'll add that to my haunted history lecture that i'm going to do in february for you guys because i mean there's so many places um you know you've got that part because you know, you know the gold country is divided you got the highway 50 gold country section where placerville is at and then further up you know you know further up with 80 that other part of that the going south you you hit murphy's and you hit all those little towns up there and then there's the other one off of highway 80 where you hit these places like downeyville you hit auburn you hit you know um oh my god my mind is like jello today but there's all these little towns up there that that you hit as well grass valley you know there's a big hotel in grass valley that's haunted you know a couple of them actually so no matter what direction you take off these freeways you're running into all these haunted locations and it's fun it's fun if you're a ghost hunter it's fun because you can ask people well, even for you guys you know that don't ghost hunt you can go into these different places and ask people about these about these haunted areas and it, it, it is it is really fun let me do this here real quick there we go but it is really fun and it makes for a good trip and that's why i decided my book is i got i'm working on my book i've had a book i've been working on for a couple of years and i'm finally going to finish that up and that's going to be talking about, you know, a lot of our adventures as ghost hunters and uh, this documentary. That's why I want to put the documentary out and talk about these different haunted places that, that we have visited, you know. So anyway, boy, that filled up an hour, didn't it? And I'm glad you guys participated. It was fun talking to you. We should do this again and have a Q&A and, and do this kind of thing. And I want to do more of these with you guys. I really do. You know, I, I love talking with you and I love, I love, you know, educating people about ghost hunting. That's my thing. I, I love to educate people because there's a lot of people, you know, you watch the TV shows and there's a lot of misnomers about what goes on in some of the, you know, and, um, and uh, it's, it's nice to like tell, you know, tell everybody, like I just say, tell it like it is, right? To tell it like it is for ghost hunting. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys did this. Tomorrow again, I'm going to have this woman, Sabrina, on and we're going to be talking about the opioid crisis. And I think it's a, it's something that, that's another thing people need to know a little bit more about because, there's only one side of the news. Let me get this up here real quick. You know, you're only hearing. <laughs> now you just moved over here. Whoops. You know what's fun before I finish my thought is the fact that they invented touch screens because touch screens are for people that are blind like me. So you can see this, see what's going on and read stuff. Anyway, you know, there's so much going on with this opioid crisis that the news doesn't cover. And, and it's sad because the news should cover it and they don't and so people only hear one side of this and they need to hear the other side of it which is the people like me who have chronic pain and use the stuff and and they're not getting that and so i think it's important to get the word out and that's why i do those segments about the opioid crisis so that's going to be tomorrow um and like i said uh she brought up a good point you know for opioid use and prescriptions okay just not use but prescriptions have gone down 44 percent in the last few years, yet overdoses are still high. So we're going to be talking about that, okay? And I've got a couple stories to tell about that from things I've seen, you know, online. So I'm really 
I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that with everybody. Moving on here. Somebody just came in. Somebody entered my room. Cheryl, how are you? Well, thank you very much. Cheryl Perez was on my team. Um, she was on the Nevada portion of my team for a while, and it was fun to have her, and I haven't seen her for a while. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So anyway, I'm going to bug out of here and uh, put this thing together for the RSS feed. And I will see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, to talk about the opioid crisis with my guest, um, with my guest uh, Sabrina. And hopefully Karen Clark might come in to talk about it, too, because she is an, R an LVN, so we can get the clinical part of this as well. So I uh, hope to see you guys tomorrow night. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemy. Of course, we are equal opportunity here at California Hounds Radio. You know, we're just trying to get the word out about our little old show, and it seems to be working. You guys are doing your job. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. But I really appreciate each and every one of you, RSS feed folks over there on Apple and all, all, all those podcast sites. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for the follows, and thank you very much for the downloads. And I just so appreciate each and every one of you on every site, whether it's Facebook or wherever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I will see you guys tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And for everybody in my chat room, Love you. See you tomorrow. Have a great evening. Bye.